Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Excited to the bend in the Warwick Cup for 2023. Pivotal motion, calm seeker, go together. South Parade, Tears of Love still there. They're followed by Sammy. Constant flight, military kings, Jackalbury Finn right down the outside. Tears of Love led the way down to the 100, but military kings out wide. And also go Milo, Jackalbury Finn, Tears of Love. South Parade getting through. South Parade getting through, but Tears of Love. Tears of Love has won the cup, beating South Parade all military kings. Yeah, if you've got the Quinella there, you may have a headache today. Let's uh, look at all things uh, country racing in Queensland. That was the Warwick Cup last weekend. Great call, Anthony Collins. Let's say good morning to Tony Clements. How are you, Tony? Uh, great, thank you, Steve. Good morning to you and hello, everyone. Welcome to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab, rounding up the country news. And yes, well done if you managed to find Tears of Love winning the Warwick Credit Union Warwick Cup at $12 for Olivia Webb and Matt Crop beating the 80-to-1 shop Military Kings by, well, there was only noses, heads and long necks in it with South Parade running third at seven fifty, and the favourite Sammy down the, uh, the tail of the field. A great race there and a great race program there for the Warwick Cup card on Saturday with full TAB and Sky coverage there. Lots to get through on the show today. We had another three pieces of the Country Cup's Challenge puzzle fall into place. The Cloncurry Cup last Friday went to vigorous flow and then on Saturday, Motor Mayers won the Emerald 100 and the Mango Cup at Bowen went to such a wit. It was also Bowen Cup Day, High Love won there, Cunnamulla Cup Day, Peshwar won there and we also had a couple of legs of the Country Stampede qualifiers on Friday. Wicked Wiki uh, defied everything and showed that age shall not weary them by taking out the Cloncurry qualifier and on Saturday, Ruby July won the Atherton qualifier Boy, we've got some ground to cover today and helping us cover all of that ground on country racing each and every week is Rob Luck. G'day, Rob. Hey, g'day, Tony. Good morning to you. Good morning, uh, Steve. Good morning, listeners. And just listening to that Warwick Cup, uh, Tony, just an interesting thing about the first and second place getter. Tears of Love won the Cup back in 2021. Uh, two from two now, this gelding uh, at the track. But Military Kings won it in 2022. Mm. So they back up with the Quinella at big odds. So um, it was a big day out there, as it was all week for country racing, wasn't it? When you start thinking that country TAB meetings featured throughout the week. Firstly, you had Barcaldon on Tuesday. You had Home Hill on Thursday, Concurry on Friday, Warwick on Saturday. And let's look at the impact of that, Tony, because... Firstly, your prize money obviously goes to that status of country TAB prize money. Your jockey numbers supporting it are very, very strong. In fact, the Warwick meeting, I think, features a fact that you're getting jockeys who maybe traditionally aren't going that way. They're moving out from the city to these meetings, which in turn is is pushing other jockeys out to the country areas, which is fantastic for the country areas. But um, jockeys like Anthony Allen pick up a double at Warwick. Michael Morrison, the trainer, pick up a double. Ryan Wiggins picked up a double. And, of course, Matty Crop and Olivia Webb are taking out that, that result there. But then you add the layer on top of it of these country TAB meetings that during the week featured... And you've got the country cups and the country stampede heats being built into them as well. So we roll through the week and get to the weekend, as you uh, mentioned at the top of the show, into other cup races, some of which were uh, country stampede and country cups qualifier races. But across the board, there was a a massive strength of country uh, racing through the week. And um, just having a quick look, 
in this first segment at those uh, country TAB meetings that featured. When you went to Bar Calden, the grass track and the outback, well, Nicky Olzard and Brooke Johnson continue to shine as two young apprentice uh, jockeys. We'll hear more about Nicky Olzard when we talk to Scotty Power at Emerald. Um, but great results there where they rode encroachment, tell the world. Well, Charmer backing up from a good win at Longreach as well. But the beauty of this meeting, you've got trainers like Alistair Webb, who ended up being at Cunnamulla on the weekend as well. You've got jockeys like uh, Aaron Sweeney, who also ended up at Cunnamulla on his way back to Darwin. So the Have Saddle Will Travel uh, featured very strongly through those particular results. Home Hill, you've got Nathan Thomas, who rode exceptionally well. I thought I saw a couple of these wins, and they were cracker of a rides uh, for Nathan Thomas coming through and, and taking the double on the day um, up there. Uh, Nicky Seymour and Tracy Simmons continued a good association. Erin Malloy, uh, we didn't put the knockers on Erin last week, Tony, by having her on. Brad for Tim Cook um, got up. And, of course, at Cloncurry, well, how about the Ballard family uh, day? Dan Ballard, four winners. Denise training, three. Keith riding, one. Just very quickly, Denise and Keith combined with vigorous flow. This was the Country Cup's challenge, Cloncurry Cup. And uh, three wins in 12 runs for the stable. Vigorous flow, a headwater seven-year-old. Seven wins from 28. Been in the northwest since October 22. 1,400 to 1,900, range of distances. It becomes an interesting thing whether these horses progress uh, to the long journey down to the final. Um, as well as that, Dan rode for tenure with Craigley Altona. Uh, of course, with Wicked Wiki, he uh, four from 14 at the track. 14 from 60 at the distance, win number 25 for Tanya Parry and Dan Ballard. Uh, Wicked hasn't in the past headed to Brisbane, so it'll be interesting to see if they continue there. Uh, Dan and uh, Denise getting up with Metal Bar, and of course they rounded out the program with um, Scarpa, and this was after Keith had combined with Figurous Flow uh, with Denise uh, as well. So I don't know about you, Tony, but I just felt by the time we came to the weekend... Our cups were running o over. Our country racing was as strong as you can ever see in a week of, uh, of racing. And the benefit of TAB country racing uh, shone through. Jockey numbers, prize money to be won, jockeys then moving off to the, uh, the weekend races um, that featured many a cup on the weekend. I was looking at it when I was compiling some of the results from the week uh, just past Rob and thinking, wow, when we started this Bushbeat journey more than 17 years ago, who'd have thought that we'd be looking back at the calendar for the week saying, Bar Calden Tuesday, Home Hill Thursday, Cloncurry Friday, Warwick Saturday, all tab programs. Uh, we had, uh, you know, go back 15, 17 years, we'd have been lucky to have one country cup, whether it was uh, a Birdsville or a Roma or, or wherever it happened to be, we'd have been lucky to have one country tab meeting uh, away from the, the major sort of provincial centres. And basically, yeah, Queensland Racing uh, has evolved to that point where they were all tab programs through the week and provided all of those highlights that you just mentioned. And, and adding that layer of we didn't have uh, Country Cups challenges and Battle of the Bush challenges and uh, Country Stampedes. And, and let's hope that the, the evaluation of all this as, as everything progresses into the future is not just purely based on TAB turnover because the impact that it provides to the whole industry, you only need to look at the strength of country racing to see that that level of racing across the state is as strong as it's ever been. And... Uh, and, and our problems with things like jockey shortages are evolving as we speak uh, with the movement of jockeys. We had jockeys travel from Cloncurry to Cunnamulla, three young ladies, um, I'll probably forget a name here, uh, Brooke Richardson, Savannah McCann, 
and Anabakos, they travelled from Concurry down to Charleville on the, uh, well, Saturday morning they got there, had a sleep for a couple of hours and headed off to Cloncurry. They will travel, and it makes it easier to get the numbers for these uh, different meetings. And as a result, uh, your Cloncurry meeting had ample number of... Um, oh, sorry, the Cunnamulla meeting had ample numbers of uh, jockeys out there where, again, it was a cup day out there and it wrapped up Cunnamulla for the year. This was the seventh meeting they held because they looked after the uh, vacant spaces left by Charleville being out of action. Three extra meetings this club held for a total of seven for the year and this wrapped up their year, the Cunnamulla Cup, taken out by a jockey. I'll tell you a little bit more about Shannon Apthorpe and the uh, importance of Cunnamulla to him with Peshwar and Ben Waldron as they sweep down with 400 to go. Tycoon Zip being rated nicely in front and uh, around the outside comes Lenroy positioning itself well into the race. This Fab's Cowboy back along the rails. I'll just get a hat out of the way here as they straighten up and come down with about 200 metres left to go. Morricone on the inside. Tycoon Zip. Peshwar joining in and Warrior Flash down the outside. Peshwar puts in the bounds. Warrior Flash driving. Morricone. Peshwar. Peshwar gets up in the centre to defeat Morricone on the outside. Don't worry about all the jockeys making the trek all the way out to Cunnamulla. How about the race caller making the trek out and back and then back on the radio to talk about it on Bushbeat today? And I love, you can't get more more country than that. I love that line as I'll just get a hat out of the way. What happened there, <laughs> uh, Mr Luck? <laughs> Uh, look, we're, we're blessed by having the regional cast coverage to give live country racing, and James does a fantastic job there, and he has his camera set up. Uh, it, as you look down the straight, he's to the right of me, and I'm looking straight down there, and we always have it set up. We don't get in each other's way, but unfortunately his camera flipped forward, and he had to step forward at the time when they came into the straight, so I lost total vision for a, a moment <laughs> or two as his uh, hat was in the way. He quickly straightened it up. He does a great job uh, in that area out there, so no dramas and that's probably why there was a bit of a uh, hesitation there. But, uh, yeah, no, that's why, Tony. A big hat got in the way of that one. But it didn't stop Peshwa getting this win. And this is a horse that came off the Longreach Cup for Benny Waldron after sitting behind Burden in the pace. But Shannon Apthorpe, did you know Shannon and all his country riding has never ridden at Cunnamulla? Wow. I found it amazing, Tony, that um, a jockey of his calibre uh, provincial standard jockey, of course, uh, extremely good country jockey. First time at Cunnamulla, and of course he kicks home a double. He also got the win on Miss Hoff for Be Rebecca Kerr and Ben's partner. Uh, and it was extremely unlucky at the Longreach uh, Cup meeting as well. So uh, I had a good talk to Shannon, and yes, his first time uh, out here uh, to Cunnamulla. They really look after people out there, the afternoon tea, the feed for the jockeys. Uh, they look after you, accommodate you, etc. when you're making the long trek out. And look, this club's put in an enormous effort during the year to hold those extra meetings. But I thought it was great to see Shannon there, and he rode extremely well, of course. And um, it was a very close finish. Warra Flash coming home strongly over the informed Morricone. Um, I mentioned Aaron, Sw Aaron Sweeney had made that trek to Bark Alden on the Tuesday. He got a winner for Gary Bignall with Cookie Kangaroo, so it was good that uh, Aaron got that money there. It was too good for Duchess Tilly. And uh, we're going to talk to a young jockey in a moment that uh, featured on the day as well because she had her double on the day and it was win number nine for Emily Promfort, uh, based at the Gold Coast. And we've got Emily on this morning because she kicked home two very good winners, Purple Song breaking its maiden win at start number 26 and her favourite horse in Kaz's Jet for Les Baker taking out the benchmark 50. Good morning to you, Emily. Welcome to Bushbeat. 
Good morning. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. I hope you. Hopefully, you survived the drive home after your trek out to uh, Cunnamulla as well. Um, Emily, your career is really starting to take shape for you. Win number nine on the weekend, uh, another double for you. And well, firstly, tell us about Kaz's Jet because I'm sure he's one of your favourite horses. Uh, Kazza, yes, yeah. As you reminded me, win number nine. Um, yeah, she's. <laughs> She's definitely my favourite mare. She's just such a tough horse. Like she, she carried sixty-two kilos on the weekend um, and ran away from them. But that's my fifth ride on her, and she's just been an extremely honest mare. Like she just always puts in, and you know that she's not going to give up. And I think we've had a first or two firsts now, a second, a third, and the one at Roma needs to be forgiven because we just got stuck a little wide and. It was a little bit of a hard track my first time there as well. Um, but, yeah, definitely love the mare. And like I said, she's so tough to carry 62 kilos. And if you look at the time, ran home in the same time as the open open company race carrying more weight. Yeah, I'm sure she is one that you're going to want to stick with. But you also broke the duck for Purple Song. She'd been trying to win a maiden uh, 25 starts prior with nine placings for David Rewald. Uh, take us through that ride as well. And is this one of your first rides for David? Um, yes, I think it was actually my second ride for him. I rode Purple Song at Junda um, a couple of weeks ago and, yeah, really liked the mare. She's also a tough little thing. She's just not very big. Um, like David will tell you, if she was another hand bigger, you would just have, like, a really, really good horse on your hands. But, yeah, nothing against the little one. She definitely put in and just during the run we were getting a little far back. I just wanted to ask her a little bit more, a little bit more, just coming into that bend because we we're just losing a bit of ground and as she tacked on to them in your call I heard you say that she's just tacked on and yeah she um she just hit the line really strong we only just got there but doesn't matter how far you win by <laughs> yeah and Dave Rewell very happy with the cutest money $12,050 uh, for a filly winning in the country in the cutest race because she is a filly and picked up all of those uh, bonuses. So uh, your career has really rolled along in recent weeks too, uh, Emily. Um, you've had cup wins featuring in those nine wins. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about your decisions in, in where you're riding. But before I do that, before I forget, it was also a very significant day for another young apprentice getting out there, Perry Carter. Now, Perry, uh, she had her only ride on the day and a very first ever ride in a race I imagine you had a little bit of a chat to her during the day. Um, what would it have been like for her to front up and have to ride Fab's Cowboy? And wasn't it great to see that she took the call and got all the way out to Cunnamulla to ride in a first race? Yes, I had a chat to Perry. I've also ridden Fab, so there's definitely that extra little bit of pressure just having the horse with the reputation that he has and basically just thinking that like you know you've got that little bit extra on you you know the horse can do it I've just got to go out there and and put in but yeah she was very excited for the opportunity to get out there it didn't matter that it was only one ride she was just excited to be out there and and in the game finally because like I know what it's like it's such a long road to actually get to your first race and by the time you get there you're just basically chomping at the bit to get out there and and have a go so yeah it was it was a good day, and I'm sure she'll take plenty out of it. 
Yeah, I heard Shane Iverson mention to her, let trainers know that you're willing to come out and they'll have her booked up for the next uh, few weeks for sure. But let's go back to your story a little bit. I'm really intrigued. You've you've made a conscious decision to be riding out in the western, southwestern areas, and I believe you're going to Blackhall this weekend. Uh, how important has that been to you, to getting the career kick-started um, and travelling forward? How important do you see this role that you're playing in making, uh, going all the miles to these places? Um, well, the country races have definitely helped kick me off. Um, I'm only apprenticed with a small stable in Ipswich, so um, I definitely need to be gaining the experience, getting as many rides as I can. So travelling out there, you're getting your full books nearly every week. Um, basically, you just you're getting that experience that I feel from where I'm coming from at the moment. I'm not going to be getting it closer to town. Um, so if I come out and I write a full book, I've got things I can work on. I can correct it during the day and continue to gain that experience rather than just getting my one ride closer to town, going home having a think about it during the week or whatever, and then maybe getting the one in another week or a fortnight. If I can write this full book. Every every weekend, I've gained so much fitness. I've gained a lot of experience. Um, just the trainers, like the connections, it's just something that's really valuable. I feel, in a sense, to to start your career basically. And during the week, as well in the past week, uh, before Cunnamulla, of course, you were able to slip down to Mwillumbar and ride Boog's Boy, a horse that you have been uh, riding. So you're picking up that extra ride because. And that, that's what you could face if you didn't do the country circuit. You could be sitting there for one ride. I heard a trainer say that they were talking to a, an, another apprentice face at the Gold Coast and they said, but I can't go surfing if I go out there. And I think the answer was, well, you've always got holiday times where you can go back and do all that. Um, but basing yourself in the country, you, you made an interesting observation to me when we were talking after the races Uh all young apprentices have to have confidence and ambition, which is an essential ingredient, aren't they, to your career? Now you're a mature yeah. age apprentice. Uh, you're also the uh, you're also the the winner of the student of the year and the Queensland Racing Awards. So you've thought this through fairly carefully, I think. But you have goals and ambitions. What's the danger to you of being based in these country areas? Do you see there's a little hurdle that you've got to overcome? Yeah, definitely. Um... Obviously, you get a lot of support out there as a claimer. Like, the horses do get a lot of weight out in the bush. So, in a sense, you are quite appealing to take that weight off. Um, and you are going to ride winners here and there. So, you're definitely reducing your claim. Um, I, I'm i just trying not to get completely stuck out there. Like, I would love to keep racing out in the bush as long as I can as well. But I think, um, as an apprentice, you definitely need to make the decision to come in at some point as well before your claim's completely gone just just to broaden your network and make sure that you're still getting your name out there in a sense that you're not only known to the people out in the bush but then you can start to come in a little bit closer to home as well um, before that claim's completely gone and like you've still got your three kilo provincial once you go provincial but I'd like to keep a little bit of my country claim to have something to offer to come back in a little bit closer before it's completely gone kind of thing. Like, I know it's still a fair while away, but, yeah, just, just goals for the future. 
Emily, yeah. I guess too, some people might look at it and think, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a danger of being pigeonholed. Oh, she's she's just a bush jockey. She won't be up to, to city standard or, you know, provincial standard going to something like a Toowoomba or a Sunshine Coast, which I think is a very unfair but, you know, somewhat typical stereotype that some people might come to that kind of conclusion. You've only got to have a look at some of the, the footage of, of the riding that some of these country areas are throwing up and think back to some of the jockeys that have come through cutting their teeth in country areas. As you say, it's a great grounding uh, base for you to, to apply your trade and, and learn the finer art to it and learn off some of the, can we say, more experienced and seasoned hands that are out riding in the country areas. Uh, and it's a very unfair way for people to, to treat a country rider to say, ah, oh, they're just a bush jockey, they'll never amount to much. Yeah, definitely. Like, it is it is quite hard out there. I would say now just having a couple of rides at Gatton and, you know, riding out in the bush, things are a little bit harder out there. They're a little bit tougher. Like, you know, you do have to toughen up. Um, but I definitely think if you, if you want it enough, it's up to you to progress your riding well enough. Like, I'm, I'm always messaging Shane Scriven, which I'm sure he'll attest that I want to go mm-hmm. into school. I want to get better... Um, oh yeah, he says hi to Rob. <laughs> um, I want to improve and like improve my position. And I look back at my own replays, like I'm my harshest critic. I go back and be like, what was I doing? Look at how high I was sitting. And on the weekend, um, I actually made a massive like conscious decision to really make sure I improved my um, position. I was speaking to, I think it was Carl Zechner at Gatton a couple of weeks back and he just said to me, I can tell you one thing, it's before you go to push them out, just think sit. And I just thought to myself, like before I started going for the stick or anything like that, just sit. And I think in a sense you have to have that drive to want to better yourself if you want to come in. And there's nothing wrong with being a country jockey. Like I think some people think of it as a bad thing as well. If you want to ride out in the bush for your whole career, like I'm just happy to have my licence right now. Um, I'm happy with any opportunity I'm given. But obviously I have goals and ambitions to come in down the track. So I'm just making the most of what I can do out there. Like you say, the experience you get from the seniors out there. Like I'm always asking them about the tracks when I get there. What should I know? Like what do anything else I need to do here or that kind of thing. Um, yeah, definitely not pigeonholing myself to staying out there, but I definitely want to move in as well down the track. <laughs> And, and I think, yeah, Emily, like that's, say, that, a, that's probably even more really difficult for jockeys like yourself based in that Gold Coast, Brisbane area, to see the country as a place to be in, given, you know, the location where you are. For you to make that call, yes, I'm, I'm willing to go out and do this for my career, uh, I think it shows a, a real maturity of, uh, of thinking, uh, whereas maybe in the areas like Rocky and so on or Mackay, those jockeys are already more in a country environment and they're willing to, you know, to base themselves out there. And I think you make a good point too. There are some, there will be jockeys who end up using that term country jockeys, but they will find a real niche in, in, the, in the country areas because they won't become provincial and metropolitan jockeys. But that, that desire and goal uh, and that motivation you currently have is so important to your career going forward. Yeah, I definitely um, definitely want to do this. Like I'm, like you say, I'm a mature age apprentice. I'm 34 years old, and it's something I have wanted to do for quite some time. With my father being a jockey in the past, and just made the decision um, a year ago actually that I was going to I was going to give this a go now, and I do want to do it. So definitely um, 
very driven in what I want to do in life and my goals and ambitions. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking to... I'd like to start coming in a little bit just for the Gattons and Warwicks and those sort of races during the week if, you know, people want that three kilo claim. And I'm definitely staying out in the bush for weekends. As of now, like, for the rest of this year, definitely staying out in the bush for weekends. But definitely want to start looking at coming in a little bit during the week if it's at all possible. Do, that do must be tricky to balance as well off? with um, having young Laker uh, on the sidelines cheering mum along. Uh, your six-year-old son would be taking up plenty of time. Yeah, he. I'm really lucky. His dad loves having him on the weekends and doing stuff. But he actually came to his first race meeting at Dolby the other week and he was quite excited. I think he was more excited just to play with the other kids, to be honest. And <laughs> there's a couple of... Um, Pokemon card packs on the line for every winner I ride. He gets two packs of Pokemon cards that he's obsessed with, so that's definitely sparked a little bit of interest. But yeah, he's he's definitely excited to talk to me. He's my lucky charm. He tells me if he tells me of a morning to bring home the bacon, I usually ride a winner. Nice. <laughs> it's a bit cute. <laughs> You have a, a full book, hopefully, at Blackall this weekend, and that's even a bit further, I think, than Cunnamulla driving-wise uh, for you. So congratulations again on these doubles and cup wins that you uh, are getting, and we'll look forward to the progress of Emily Pomfret uh, from here on in, and hopefully we haven't uh, jinxed you for the weekend coming up in Blackall. Uh, Emily, great to have you on this morning. Thanks so much, and I just wanted to say thanks to all the trainers out there too that are giving me a massive go, and putting me on these good horses to get my name out there a little bit. So, yeah, thanks heaps, everyone. Good on you, Emily. Thank you for joining us on Bushbeat this week. Thank you. Bye. Emily Pomfret there, fresh from her double at Carnamulla at the Cup program on the weekend. Robin, yeah, as we've said, from when Emily rode her first uh, race ride and then her first winner back in July and August, uh, it's a name that we've been bobbing up on uh, Bushbeat week after week after week, talking about winners along the way. Uh, and so refreshing to hear a jockey with a very level head on her shoulders by the sounds of things. And I think you can see why she might have picked up the Student of the Year Award at the Queensland <coughs> Racing Awards uh, too, uh, Tony. And, uh, yeah, I think it would be great to see her progress continue there as it's been fantac- fantastic to see uh, the results of young Nikki Olzard. And uh, combining with John Mansman on the weekend, I'd hate to count the number of Emerald 100s. John has uh, won. I can quickly think of now four, I think, off the top of the head. But Moda Mayers for... Nikki Olzard and John Mansman, as we hear Scotty Power calling this home to a great victory in the Emerald 100. They travel past the 500 metre mark and it's four mile lane, the favourite. A length in front of Centaur. They start to make some runs from the back. Star Hatton is moving forward around the outside with Spindle. They're followed by all Hardwood Bayerish going for a run in the centre. And then came Motor Mayers well back, Breton and the Driller as they straighten up in the Emerald 100 for 2023. It's four mile lane, a length in front, trying hard as Star Hatton. Spindle, Motor Mayers down the outside. Motor Mayers joined in, went to the lead inside. Inside the 100, Centaur, Spindle, trying hard. It's Motor Mayers in front. Motor Mayers won the 100, beat Centaur, third Spindle and four mile lane. It was a quality field there in the uh, Country Cups Challenge Qualifier on the weekend at Pioneer Park at Emerald. The Emerald Ford Emerald 100 taken out by Nicky Olzard aboard the Manselman train. Motor Mayers beating Centaur and Spindle. But Rob, look at some of the other names in the race. Four mile lane, Breton, All Hardwood, Bay Rish, Star Hatton, The Driller, Salazar. Gee, what a field. 
Yeah, it's great to see the numbers back in that uh, Emerald 100. And, uh, of course, uh, you mentioned four-mile lane. Well, it had come off a win at uh, Mackay at its previous start, and it went in as one of the favoured runners. And we heard, well, I heard Scotty doing his phantom call, as he does so well each year. And he had the driller on top, and I thought to myself, oh, I hope you haven't gone the wrong stable, mate, here, mate, uh, with the driller, because Motor Mayers has taken that path through the Ewan Cup and uh, a second at Mackay, and uh, I can remember probably the greatest of the 100 winners that I know of uh, did a similar path, and you know which one I'm referring to, Scotty Power, but uh, congratulations, another fantastic day's calling, and, and what a good win for Johnny Manselman and uh, this young Nicky Olzard riding a treat uh, on Motor Mayers. Hey, thanks, Robbie. Good morning to you. Good morning, Tone. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, it was. It was a terrific win. Uh, Nicky was able to get the horse to settle back in the field. We knew that pace would be on. Um, particularly with all uh, four-mile lane drawing the outside gate. Um, had to do that little bit of work early to get across. Uh, Centaur was very, very tough and finishing second. But, yeah, Nikki didn't panic at all. Um, she had uh, Motor Mayers into a good spot and uh, the driller was behind. And, of course, with that big weight, that was the only query I had. And particularly uh, with that uh, preparation he's had to the driller. So, yeah, I, I did go the wrong way, mate. But um, I knew that Motor Mayers would be, would be in it up to his ears and, and uh, particularly with the form he had this time last year, of course, uh, one at Mooney Valley in December last year, which will probably put him out of the uh, Country Cups final uh, challenge uh, final. So, um, th- therefore, if that's the case, Centaur will go into the final. But, yeah, mate of my ears for Nicky Olzard, a brilliant ride, and uh, congratulations to Johnny, another a terrific winner of the Emerald 100, defeating Centaur for Robbie Farr and Christy Clark Peoples. And Swindle was a good run for Tash Chambers and Ian Prizman, the favourite four-mile lane winding up in full spot but yeah it was a terrific finish and um it was an end to a great day's racing it was a you know it's the, the time of the year i enjoy as you boys know and uh, yeah once again it was a great crowd and a terrific day's racing yeah i was just just checking that country cups results on the racing queensland website and motor mayors is ineligible uh due to that win metro clause win but Hasn't Johnny Mansman uh, developed a terrific record with these uh, stayers and he seems to just time it to the moment and knows how to place these stayers moving into these big races such as the Emerald 100, Scott? Yeah, for sure, Robbie. And, you know, as we know what he'd done earlier on in the year with the Mackay Cup and the Cairns Cup um, with Savvy Ledger and the Driller, you know, in respect. And, um, yeah, now with Motor May, his... Um, it raced overseas. It was, a, you know, raced over in Great Britain, and um, then came over and raced in Victoria. Then came up to Queensland, and and Johnny was able to get the horse, and for a pretty good price, I might add as well. Um, and I think, you know, the further they go, the the better it'll like. And the 1850 suited it right down to the ground, motor may his, and you know, congratulations. And uh, we've seen him win them them races um, over the years, and uh, he'll continue to do so. And he's a great supporter of racing. It's terrific to see. Yeah, so much so at uh, Rockhampton on Saturday and uh, the Open Sprinter, I think he's got 15 of the 16 nominations uh, in that particular race, uh, yet doing it again in those uh, those races. Scott, uh, we just had a young apprentice on in Emily Pomfret, but you, you've got a young apprentice uh, out there who's going extremely well in Mackenzie Appel. And it was fantastic to see Jumural, one of her winners, of course, Rani Glenda, Glenda Bell, uh, coming back into really good form, this galloper, who has a fantastic record at this track, taking out the benchmark 55. Yeah, and there was a bit of pace on in this race as well. And, and Mackenzie I, I, I was given the instructions, and uh, she's got a very, very level head on her shoulders, and she didn't panic at all on Demurrell. Uh, Devil Enough had a good lead, and uh, she just slowly worked forward on Demurrell and got it to the outside and joined in. And 
yeah, he's back into a little bit of better form. Demurl, of course, it was down and grade to what he'd been normally racing in this time last year, but um, great to see him back. And, you know, he's had a few problems, Demurl, but uh, Glenda turned him out in magnificent order. Congratulations to Bobby White and, and was ridden by Mackenzie Appel, who, who went, along with Nicky Olsard, are up-and-coming apprentices and, and riding in terrific form and uh, was too good for Devil Enough for Gabby Simmons and Raymond Williams and finishing in third spot in a tight one was like a bit of fun or exactly... Um, it, uh, race uh, trained by Dennis Schultz. So, yeah, it was with the handicapper that, that race, one, two, and three. But, yeah, full credit to the winner, Demurrell, and, yeah, well ridden by Mackenzie Appel. Yeah, Close finishes seem to be the order of the day, Scotty. And uh, just looking back at what happened in the benchmark 50, there was basically less than a length cover, the top three across the line. And I'm always thrilled when I see Craig and Hoff win for Roma trainer Craig Smith, just knowing it, as the name would suggest, Roberts, uh, was raced by Craig and one of his very, very good mates who he lost last year in uh, Rodney Hoffman. And to see Craig and Hoff still race under... Uh, the uh, the ownership of uh, Mr R A Hoffman and Mr C Smith I think is wonderful, but uh, this horse uh, Scotty has just been uh, racking up uh, wins you know uh, all over the place and wonderful to see him make it back to back there at Emerald. Yeah, back to back he won at the TAB meeting of course that was um, only a week and a bit ago. Nicky Olzard teamed up with Smithy and Craig and Hoff, but Tash Chambers uh, rode Craig and Hoff on Saturday and was able to get a beautiful run through and, and was too strong for them in the end. And, and as you said, uh, trained by Craig and Tash Chambers rode it uh, perfectly. Uh, was too good for You Bet I Do, who came to the outside for Warwick Savile and Glenda Bell. Another consistent run. And her saga down near the bottom, Chris McIver and Billy Trimble, uh, wound up in third spot. It was a neck by a neck. I didn't know where to look at the 100, but you could see Craig and Hoff was, was looking the winner because he burst straight through towards the inside and was too strong for them. And congratulations to Smithy once again. And he, he supports this meeting um, year in, year out. And great to see him get another winner. Yeah, Warwick, Warwick Southerly had had a couple of seconds after Mackenzie Appel had had her opening race win on Arbat for Ricky Vale. But Warwick did kick back with a good win with Blue Kentucky Moon in the open handicap, the Lightning, in fact, over 1,000 metres. Yeah, this was a terrific win by Blue Kentucky Moon. It hadn't raced since May, and Graham Green turned it out in perfect order. Um, was was favourite Blue Kentucky Moon. I know they got a big rap on it. And Warwick Southerly bounced it out, got it across to the fence, travelled sweetly past the 600. Um, Haralbin and Drew White also had gone um, in that early part, in the middle part of the race with it. But he was able to give it a, a, an easy time before the corner, Blue Ken Kentucky Moon, and uh, was too strong in the end. But it was an eye-catcher. But the other eye-catcher was a runner-up spell-catcher, Dale Evans and Tommy Button. It got back to near last over the 1,000-metre trip. And you know how hard it is to come from back there in a big field over a 1,000. And he was able to get to the outside and run home strongly to finish in second spot. And Haralbin finishing third for Chris McIver and Patrick O'Toole. But full credit to the winner, uh, Blue Kentucky Moon, uh, Warwick Sadley and Graham Green. They combined. And, um, yeah, I think there's, uh, it's on the way up, Blue Kentucky Moon. Uh, watch for it at the Provincials and also Spellcatcher. So it sounds like another great Emerald 100 day out there again. Uh, Scott, crowd was good, I imagine, as usual. Yeah, it was terrific out there, Robbie. And, um, you know, great to see the support the club get for that day. As you know, it's a big day. And, yeah, well over 3,000 there, I think, on the day. And just that opening race, uh, that was a good finish too. Mackenzie Appel and Ricky Vale combined with Arbet, as you said. And, like, Astra Wally, uh, trained by Glenda Bell and Warwick Saturday, it, it loomed alongside it at about the 150 and probably got a neck in front. But... Mackenzie was able to get our bat to lift and edge out Astral Wally. And then finishing in third spot was Char Grill for Emma Bell and Johnny Manzum. And, um, and with the trainer and jockey of the day, uh, Glenda Bell uh, received the trainer of the day and, and Mackenzie Appel, the leading jockey of the day. But 
the girls, uh, they were on top. Um, they ended up winning four of the five races, and um, Warwick Satterley, the only male to ride a winner on the day. But congratulations to everyone uh, who supported the meeting, and the club in general, like, they need to be congratulated uh, with the way the track has been turned out. It's, it's absolutely luscious green, that track at the moment. Um, Raymond Williams doing a great job in the committee. Uh, the good band of workers they have there to get things set up for the day, and um, just, the crowd was there in big numbers, and you know you, you know what it's like. Um, and yeah, like uh, the entertainment that evening, and uh, just to wind down and just watch it, you know, watch things how they ended up was absolutely tremendous once again. And yeah, it was once once again a privilege to be involved with it. I'm glad you mentioned uh, Raymond and the EJC crew there and, and how good the track looked. I thought it looked good enough to eat watching some of the racing on regional cars there on the weekend. And it's not that long ago, Scott, that uh, the track at Pioneer Park was in all sorts of dire uh, straits and, and they were just having troubles getting grass to grow. I know that you know, we have drought conditions around and things like that, but there seemed to be some real problems there. But looking at the surface there on Saturday, it looked like as good as any grass track anywhere. Yeah, it's in near perfect condition. It's the best I've seen it for quite a number of years. And I think Warren Williams has uh, been able to sort of assist and give him a great hand with things. And, um, yeah, Raymond's, uh, of course, you know, plenty of water, as you know, with the way the weather is out this way. And, um, yeah, no, it was racing very, very fair. And, yeah, it's a good coverage of grass, uh, well and truly. What's next for you, Scott? We, uh, I see well, Emerald's got a meeting coming up in November. At the end of the yeah, month. we've got um, I've got to fill in for Tony Wode and Townsville on the 28th on Pellaranda Stakes Day. Tony's going overseas and I'm going to enjoy a well-earned break, and and then I'll go back to Claremont on the 18th, and I've got to do Townsville on the 19th, the Sunday, <laughs> um, and then Emerald, of course, winding up the year on the, the 25th. Um, yes, yeah, so I've got four more meetings left before the end of the year, and it's been a terrific year once again of racing, and yeah, now looking forward to heading up to Townsville. You semi-retired race callers have never been busy. <laughs> well, been no, busy. It was great to catch up with uh, Tony at um, Bowen. I was at a meeting up there earlier in the year, and uh, terrific to see Tony and bloody catch up. And uh, you know, it's it's great to see them sort of people that, at different places. And you know, now I get the opportunity to go up there, mate. And I'm looking forward to it. Oh, good on you. Thank you for joining us this week to recap Emerald Hundred Day. Hey, thanks, boys. Good morning, you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, well, time is on the wing. We better get into these last couple of meetings that we have to check out. Robin, you mentioned there about uh, motor mayors not being qualified for the uh, Queensland Country Cups Challenge Series uh, due to that Metro win clause that's uh, in there, and that was after that win December last year at Mooney Valley. And, uh, yes, Cole Truscott and the Racing Queensland crew keeping us updated with everything there. We're nine legs in and seven legs to go in the Country Cups Challenge Series. And uh, so far, there's only finally realised out of Mad Eyes leg and Motor Mayors out of Emerald who are not eligible due to that Metro Wins clause. But there's still quite a few that could make it. Uh, not eligible at the moment due to insufficient country starts, but there's still the opportunity. They don't have to have these country starts in the qualifying leagues. They just need to get up the number of country starts as per the uh, the qualifying conditions. Yeah, five before the uh, the timing of the of the final. There's no need for, like the Battle of the Bush, they have to have the five prior to the uh, the heats. This makes it a bit easier for some of these to qualify. So keep tra tabs on that on uh, the Racing Queensland website. Uh, but talking of the Country Stampede, the other feature a series happening, a really good horse up at Atherton featured in the win up there in the Country Stampede qualifier for Michael Lee and Lacey Morrison, who had, uh, I think it was four on the day, with Ruby July. So they're not loafing. And my best effort at the 600-metre mark... Uh, is assuming control here from Hallside Hammer who goes up to eyeball before the corner 
Ruby Delay sits perfectly there in a third place and they were followed then around the outside by Belvita strategist the widest runner and my best effort snuck through on the inside uh, they're right across the track here Ruby July Talons on the inside this time by my best effort Hallside Hammer is trying to run on but Ruby July can put a street in the halfway down the straight here and Ruby July has won it easily from Hallside Hammer my best effort Yaralinda Belvita and the last one in was... Yeah, Ruby July winning by two and a half lengths in the Atherton Country Stampede Qualifier. We mentioned Dan Ballard before with his uh, quartet of wins at the uh, Cloncurry Tab meeting on Friday. Dan had six rides for four wins and two thirds. Not to be outdone, Rob. Uh, Lacey bobs up on Saturday at Atherton. Seven rides for four wins and two seconds. Fantastic riding as always for Lacey and this Ruby July, this mare is back into that winning form and I think she's one of the better ones that will be moving to the final of the Stampede from the far north area. Ten wins now from 23 for the Bell Spree after a win at Innisfail last start and you know what they say about mares in form, you just keep following them but yeah, Lacey Morrison, she kicked home winners left, right and centre. In fact, the whole day was dominated by Lacey and Noyardi who, Noyardi had a double to kick off proceedings with Solomon and Hello Newman um, but then it became the Lacey show. She booted home actories for Trevor and Peter Rowe. Roy Chalemi's Vienna Rain, that was having its first run at the track, moving out from that provincial circuit to take out the Elwyn Dahl Memorial Open Handicap, Ruby July, as we heard. And then, of course, she wrapped up the program with Bones Bailey with a Lowburn Lass, the dissident. And it was another apprentice in Jenna Edwards who kicked home Nazorian to wrap up the program up there at Atherton. And that was for Janelle Ryan. But uh, Lacey Morrison really leaps up in the uh, jockey's premiership uh, I know it's early days yet with that premiership she uh, leaps up into the uh, top four or five in that particular premiership but I, I really look forward to Ruby July if she moves towards the final down in uh, Brisbane but we had two other meetings uh, that featured on the weekend and of course uh, Bowen had uh, had a couple of cup races on the program and one of them was the Liberty Rural Country Cups Challenge Qualifier, the Mango Cup Open Handicap over the 1470 and Joshua Manselman with such a wit uh, took home this with Chelsea Jockick defeating Wren's Day and Savvy Legend. Uh, coming off provincial runs lately this Whittington, he was placed in a... Uh, sorry, not placed, he raced in a Battle of the Bush in 2022, such a wit. So going down the path of the Country Cups this year now becomes a a uh, qualifier there and he's met the qualification standards so congratulations Josh Manselman um, I'm sure he'll be headed down that way as well. Other winners on the day there, really good to see Tessa Townsend get a, a win in the first leg of a double for Alex Malif with Humani, uh, Alex's other win came with Adrian Late with always written off and Lindsay Hatch now based up in the north had a winner with the spirit of boom runner Boomeranga with Graham Cleesey on board and I think Graham, yes, had the double with Higher Love and Marie Young uh, taking out the Hillary Group Bowen Cup benchmark 65 when it defeated Healing Game and Vitesse Francais. Another love conquers all getting up for the win. And the cutest money went off across the board on the weekend. In fact, the first two runners home got cutest on the weekend at Bowen. Cody's boy and risked it. Cody's boy for Ash Butler and Freddie Wheeland after a second at Gordon Vale last week. But another piece of that jigsaw puzzle of the stampede falls into place at Bowen uh, with such a wit taking out that particular qualifier. 
at Gainder on the weekend and uh, hearing Darren Walker filling in at Gainder on the weekend. Good to hear. Uh, Darren back behind the binoculars there. Uh, Gainder saw winners across the board. Vic Heading and uh, Brody Moffat with Anna Curie having its third run for the stable. Took the benchmark 45. Capital Meg for Louise White and Adam Spinks. I talked about the uh, money going off with Cutis, the first three place getters home there, taking the Cutis money. Radiant Romance Rose Ellis filling the places. Kefalonia for Paul Hamlin and Mark Cochran, uh, the benchmark 55. An ex Mackay area galloper this sizzling took that race. And Barrymore, Jeffrey Schrader and Colleen Cranon. Uh, took out the benchmark 60, the So You Think, and there you go, a So You Think winning on the same day as the Everest So You Think winner. Uh, amazing how that happens in country racing as well as the metropolitan racing. But the good win, I thought, she's a singer. Now, Amy Graham, now Amy often is riding out with Shane Iverson in the country, uh, but was at uh, Gainder on the weekend, and with Caitlin Johnson, it was a good little class field. She's a singer, took it home over James Italian Diggity, Stoichel in for fourth. Now, Stoichel is the other nomination in that race on Saturday at Rocky where John Mansman has 15 of the 16 runners. Stoichel is the other nomination for Rodney Hay. But our little sister that had come off wins on Sands tracks back in fifth place. So an interesting race there with Whitting- this Whittington mare taking it home. Two wins in two seconds. Its last four starts out at Gainder in the uh, the Citrus Valley area of Queensland, Tony. There's a lot happening this weekend as well. More Country Cups Challenge qualifiers. The Blackall Cup, the uh, Innisfail Cup and the Wando Cup are all qualifiers. There's also Stampede qualifiers on at uh, Blackall and also at Stanthorpe on Saturday. We're at Stanthorpe Cup Day. Uh, Innisfail Cup, I mentioned Mar- uh, Mitchell. The Baringa Cup is the other cup that's coming up this weekend. Uh, and that's not to uh, leave out the tap meetings for Mackay Thursday, Gatton Friday, uh, Rockhampton, as we've mentioned a couple of times, racing on Saturday along with Toowoomba. And then a look ahead to Tuesday of next week, it's the Les Huddy Memorial Bracelet uh, Tab Program at Mount Isa. And then with the strength of numbers of horses and stables, it'll be interesting to see the nominations when they flow th- flew flow through later this morning. I've got to keep getting used to the fact they aren't due yet, Tony, because we're on daylight saving time. Um, but, of course, we'll be back next week to cover these and uh, another very comprehensive uh, program of country racing this morning. Look forward to more of it next week on Bushbeat. Tony, good morning to you. Good morning, listeners. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week. Thank you to Rob Luck, Scott Power, and especially Emily Pomfret for joining us on Bushbeat this week. If you missed any of the show, as always, the podcast replay available through Radio Tab's podcast on Megaphone. The link for that will be out on the uh, Twitter handle at Radio Tab Oz, and we'll also post it up on the Country Punters page on Facebook. Good luck to all of the clubs and participants racing this weekend, and we'll catch you next Tuesday on the show to talk about that and a whole heap more on Bushbeat.